0: A very warm welcome to you all to our Christmas morning 2012 service. And we're going to begin by singing one of my favorite hymns. You're allowed to do that when you're up here at the front. It's a beautiful hymn talking about uh, the the Savior who was born, who we've come to remember this morning. So if you'd like to stand, and we'll sing this together. Thank you. Shall we pray? Father, we, we... do come to remember the brightest and the best. Father, bless us as we share this time, remembering this infant redeemer. And Lord, I pray I pray that our hearts, the adoration of our hearts, will be the gift that we bring this morning together as we come to remember the beginning, the start of your wonderful big plan for, for this world and the people in it. Bless us now, in the name of Jesus, amen. amen. There are A few seats down on the front, spare. Okay, I need a volunteer, please. I need a volunteer who's good at unwrapping presents. Has anyone had practice this morning already? Okay, Jacob, yeah. Okay, we've got three, three wrapped up things, and if you could unwrap that large one on this side, please. Yep. Yeah. Yep, take all the wrapping paper off. There's only one layer. Christmas. What is it? A crib. It's a crib, a manger. Okay, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. Okay. Sorry, you get to keep it. Okay. So we've got, we've got three, three objects here, three objects, if you like, from the Christmas story, the Christmas nativity scene. We've got a manger there. Um, We're also going to have our first reading now, um, which Rach is going to come and read for us, which is from Luke chapter 2 and verse 1 to 20. Thank you. Luke
1: 2, chapter 1 to 20. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be with for, for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God be in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom he has favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, which were just as they had been told.
0: Thanks, Rachel. Okay, I've got a few questions to ask. Does anybody here like sheep? Sheep, anyone? Yeah? Good. What about cows? Cows, anyone? Anyone like cows? What about donkeys? Uh, What about chickens? How about turkey? (laughs) Turkeys. Okay. Now, okay. Lots of you like all those animals. Does anybody here... um, I'm looking for one person in particular. Ah, She's at the back there. Does anyone here, in particular maybe Kate, think it's a good idea to give birth to a baby in a room full of all those animals that you like? Anyone think that's a good idea? No, that's that's a definite no from Kate there. Okay, I've got more questions. Um, does anyone know what a manger is? Yes, Jacob. A poor, baby in. a poor baby sleeps in. Sort of. That's what it has been used for. That's what we're familiar for understanding when you hear the word manger in the Christmas story. Yes, Jess. Um, where, where you put food for animals? It's a feeding trough for animals. Okay. That's what a manger is. That's why it's got straw in it. Does anybody here think it's a good idea to put a brand new, brand new newborn baby in an animal feeding trough? Nobody. I didn't think so. (laughs) Okay. I, I just really wanted to make sure that when we're... We're thinking. We're building this scene here. We're building the, the components of this scene. Uh, there's, there's a manger, and there'll be a few more along the lines. When when you see this scene on your postcard, on your Advent calendar, at your Nativity play, at the church service, um, I just wanted to take the glitter off a little bit. I want you to see a stable shared with animals, a brand a brand new baby having to make do with being put in an animal feeding trough because the the alternative is being on the floor and in a place where animals are kept, that's an even worse idea. This was a baby born on a journey, as we've heard, they were forced to travel against their will. A long journey on the not-a-very-appropriate transport. If you complain about your car, think about travelling that distance on a little donkey not very good. Um, Heavily pregnant as well, again, not very good. The Christmas story, the scene, this picture you see is a picture of misfortune. It's a picture of extremely bad timing. It's a picture of unthinkable lack of hygiene for a newborn baby. I think, we, we've one of our songs we're going to sing, um, it talks about um, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, as if that's a little miracle. I actually think he almost certainly did cry. I think the biggest miracle is that Mary was not reduced to tears. Any mother I know would be reduced to tears or loud shouting, having to deal with that situation. And this is the place, this is the scene from where comes... The message of God's good news to the poor. This good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And this is the place, the unfortunate, poorly timed place that it comes from. And while those parents were fussing, pulling their hair out, maybe exchanging some angry words trying to do their best, trying to make do of a bad job with this precious newborn baby, in come the shepherds. And we, we read, don't we, that that the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger was a sign for those shepherds. And I think that those shepherds were a sign for Mary and Joseph in this dreadful circumstance that they'd found themselves It's a sign that God is working. Even though right here and now everything is dirty and noisy and smelly. Not far away. Just out of sight. Angels are working. The wheels of God's greater purpose of peace and of love are in motion. And you, Mary and Joseph... Right there in the centre. An essential part of it. So shall we, shall we sing our next hymn now, which is about this manger. About this, the fact that this baby had no crib for a bed and had to make do with this manger. So would you like to stand and we'll sing our next hymn, please. Okay, we're building our scene now. I'm going to need another expert unwrapper volunteer, please. Yes, Ben. What could it be? Just this next one along there, please. Ah, it's a baby. Where do you think that should go? I think so, yeah. Very delicately done. (laughs) Okay, um... So, of course, this is the central character, isn't it? Uh, Our baby, the baby. Um, Let's listen to our second reading. This is actually from nine months prior to our first reading, and Sam is going to come and read this for us, and it's Luke chapter 1, this time starting at verse 26.
2: In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, "Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you." Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary. You uh, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are given." Even Elizabeth, your relative, who is going to have a child in her, in her old age, and she, and she who has said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me, as you have said. Then the angel left her.
0: Okay, for the benefit of those doing the quiz, I'm going to reread the first verse, slightly different translation. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Okay, if you've got a piece of paper that's a quiz in front of you, you'll understand why I reread that. Okay. So we've just had described to us one of those key defining moments of the Christmas story, maybe even of all space and time. The awesome... Maj- majesty and uncontainable power of Almighty God quietly, intimately creates a tiny beginning of human life. And it starts so small, so fragile, and yet changes the entire course of human history. And I'd like to draw your attention just to one particular aspect from that passage that we read Um, and it's an aspect that's quite just very clearly and simply um, told to us that Mary is Jesus' mother. Jesus, we're told, is to be conceived and born and it says that a couple of times. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And that's... And I think that's really important. It's really important that we are so just so clearly just told and given no doubt that Jesus was Mary's son. It, effectively, as we would understand it, Jesus has Mary's DNA. That's how that's how simple it is, how we would understand it today. And I'd like to just just point out one more verse as well. In verse thirty-two, it says this: the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. So that, again, we're just told about the lineage. That word father um, can also mean ancestor. So David is his ancestor. Jesus has a bit of David's DNA in him too, and Mary's. And it's an important part of the Christmas message that Jesus is human, Jesus is like us. And in case we're in any doubt, and there are a few other places, lots of other places in the Bible that talk about Jesus' nature. The just the inner workings of how his mind works so that we're in no doubt that he is just like us. Okay, I think I might just have to read them out to you. I thought I'd got them on there. but um... Okay, it says in, in Hebrews chapter 4, we do not have... A high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So written down, black and white, in every way, Jesus in every way had the same temptations and same problems in his head that we all of us do. This this other passage also I find quite interesting, again, just a bit later in Hebrews. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence submission. Son, though he was, he learned from obedience, sorry, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. That's amazing, isn't it? That we're just, we're shown Jesus is just like us. And even though he was a son, that doesn't really matter. Everything, all the problems they had to face, he faced them just like us. Maybe not just like us, maybe he faced them and turned to God who could help him. And he, in our next song we're going to talk about, it says that he is our childhood's pattern. Tears and smiles like us he knew. But I'm going to suggest to you that he's more than just a pattern for your childhood. That he is the blueprint for the ultimate expression of what it is to be a human being. So shall, shall we sing our next song together? Once in Royal David City. Thank you. Okay, there's still one more wrapped up thing down here. Is there anyone who would like to come and unwrap our last object Yep, Amos, hope you come. There it is. See what you can find in there. Do you want to hold it up? Anyone see what that is? It's It's an angel. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Amos. Okay, now there are a lot of angels in the Christmas story Um, can anyone think of times when there are angels anyone tell me where where there are angels in in, in the Christmas story yes when angels came to the shepherds as we read before yes anyone else yep an angel talked to Mary and Joseph Um, anyone else Zachariah, brilliant, well done. Yeah. So uh, em- Emily's cheating a little bit because she's actually got the reading for that um, next one. So <laughs> if you'd like to come and, re- come and read it now and we'll find out which angel that we're going to think about next. Thanks.
3: After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presents, presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled that the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son.
0: Thank you, Emily. So there we go, the, the angel that Joseph saw in a dream. A dream that was to make sure that Jesus was safe, that he wasn't going to be killed by Herod, who wanted to kill him. But hang on a minute, isn't the purpose of Jesus to actually be killed? What's the most famous word in in the Bible, anybody? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. So if, if... This most famous verse in the Bible, one of the core ideas of Jesus coming, was that he be killed. Why is God going to all this trouble to make sure that he is not killed as a baby? It might seem like a random question. I often do random questions. But I think it tells us something really quite significant about God. About the way he works in human life. there's another short verse um, that we didn't read a bit further on from the story when Jesus was, was a baby just when he was a young boy and it says this Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man so Jesus spent the small steps of his daily life learning He didn't start perfect and brilliant and awesome like he is. He grew. He grew into it. He learnt slowly to live unselfishly. Growing to love in the same way, with the same unconditional love that God has for us. And with God's help, he learnt how to bring peace into the world one person at a time. And eventually, eventually, there was a moment when that love that grew was stretched to its limit, to its full capacity, to the extent where Jesus, having learnt over a lifetime to take small steps of unselfish love, was able to give him his whole life unselfishly. That's how God works in Jesus' life. And I said before that Jesus is a pattern for us, not just our childhood's pattern. God does not want to force something out of us. He doesn't want to grab a sacrifice out of us. He doesn't want something forced out of us that might look like love on a foggy day from a long distance. He's not interested in people who just do the right thing out of fear and duty, while God is watching them, while somebody's watching them. He gives us the space and time to grow, just like he gave it to Jesus. To feel free from God's gaze, to grow maybe a little in wisdom and stature, we hope. To get to know God at our pace, gradually starting to show the love and the peace in small everyday steps. Perhaps growing to be more like God and letting him work in our lives, even sometimes, as we read with Jesus, working through suffering and weakness. Maybe we can have, as our eventual aim, the thing that we aspire to, that we too would be able, willingly, with our own consent, sharing God's own love in our own heart, that we could reach those heights, the ultimate expression of what it is to be human, the acts of selfless giving that follow the pattern of Jesus. So we'll, we'll sing our next hymn now, which talks about Jesus' journey from, from a baby to when he's a man. And if you'd been coming to our services over the past couple of weeks, you'd have seen that thread going through everything as well, the readings we had today that we didn't talk about, There is verses that talk about this idea of a, of a Messiah, and, and I led a service a couple of weeks ago by Anna and Simeon, and I read this amazing line from the, the 13 principles of Orthodox Jews, and it talks about how they are eagerly waiting for, for the Messiah. And it's just absolutely uh, beautiful. Um, we've, we've had busy people away at the back there working on <clears throat> some crowns. Because the Messiah is this, the priest and king who was prophesied to come from a long time ago. And it is Jesus um, so, can, have you, can anyone, would anyone like to stand up with their crown and, and show us? Can you see? They've been decorating them. Very nice. Lovely. <clears throat> Today, as you celebrate and wear a silly paper crown, Remember King Jesus. Born in an animal feeding trough. No stranger to poverty. Trusting in God. Learning to trust in God as Mary and Joseph had to at that very beginning. Whatever the worldly circumstances or level of hygiene. Born, conceived, sharing our DNA, sharing our temptations and sufferings. One of us in every way. an ultimate pattern in the giving the selfless giving of himself and he's coming back soon so shall we shall we finish our service together by singing the the refrain of the angels glory to the newborn king father we thank you for Christmas day We thank you for the many hundreds of words, of promises, of plans, of preparation. And we thank you for the day when it became a reality. For the day when your plan, your huge, long, well thought out, beautiful plan for the world. We thank you for the day that started. So Father, be with us today as we share a day of celebration with our friends and families, and help us to remember all that you've done for us. We ask it in his name. Amen.